is a holiday edition here, three days before Christmas. Reed, uh, with me per usual. Reed, have you got all your shopping done? Yes. Um, normally, a lot of it is I'm going to go to, like, I'd go to the mall or something. But this year, oh boy, I abused the living shit out of Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Like, everything got ordered. I have, um, everything's already in. I've already done all the wrapping. The tree has too many gifts underneath it. Like, they don't all fit underneath the tree. It's spilling out everywhere. It's it's a mess. Yeah, like, I still got a decent amount to do. I'm always a last-minute person. I've taken care of most people, but I have a few stragglers I gotta take care of, but nothing I'm too worried about. Yeah, I've still got a few days. <laughs> uh, today, we're gonna talk about we're just gonna ask each other three three or four questions about the hockey season, both from an NHL, big picture, and a fantasy perspective. Uh, I'll just start off by asking you, I mean, I, I think right now it's pretty clear to me that Tampa and Nashville are the two best teams in the league. Uh, you can disagree with that if you want, but if you agree with me, uh, who do you think the third best team in the league is? Because I think there's a few candidates, and I'm I'm leaning one way, but I'm not too sure about it. There are a few candidates. Um, for me, it almost comes down to two teams. Um, I I truly think that this just comes down to two teams. The reason I'm not going to include St. Louis in this is because with Jaden Schwartz out, they have been not strong at all, and he's not coming back anytime soon. So until I see them put it together, I'm going to hold off. Um, right now... It's between Washington and Vegas in terms of what who the third best team is. Okay, I think it's good because my team's neither of those. Although I did consider both of them, so that's good. Okay, so Washington's been really strong lately. They've won four straight. Um, Ovechkin has started to tear it up. Oshie's back in the lineup, or I think he's back. If he's not, yeah, he came he's back. A, last game. Yeah, he came. Yeah, okay, that, I'm remembering that right. He, I think there's enough depth there that they can dominate with how strong their top six is. I, I love, I mean, Ovechkin is just playing dynamite right now. Um, they're getting the great goaltending from Holtby again. I, and the other team, Vegas, like it's time to stop calling them. I mean, yes, they're an expansion team. It's time to stop writing off games. Like they are fun to watch. They are fast. They play with. They dominate the puck. They dominate possession. They've gone through like eight different goalie injuries, and they're still in first place in that division. I think it's time for us to stop laughing at the idea of Vegas making the playoffs. I think a couple of weeks ago we kept talking about, oh, well, Vegas is going to tail off at some point. I'm. I'm really starting to think that they're not going to or they're still going to make the playoffs regardless because they have themselves a decent cushion with games in hand. They've been they're 14-2-1 at home, and they're still real 500 on the road, which is pretty much what you need. You know, I'm really starting to think that I think Vegas is actually a real deal. But in terms of third best team in the league behind Nashville and Tampa, I'm probably going to go with Washington. I can't really argue with all that. I mean, just a quick question. I mean, where do you think Ovechkin is going to end up on the all-time goal scoring list? Because he's at 581 now, so he's going to be over 600 by the end of this year. He's 32. 
you know, Gretzky's at 894, Howe's at 801, Yager's third at 766. Like, assuming he stays, I, I think there's a legitimate chance he gets to number two. I don't think he can quite get to number one, and that's only really because of the lockouts and the era, really. Uh, I mean, I've said before, I think he's the greatest goal scorer, pure goal scorer ever. Uh, the fact that he's on pace to have another 50 to 60 goal season this year to get back in track, I mean, it. I think there's maybe like a 5 to 10% chance he actually passes Gretzky, but I, I think he's definitely going to settle the top two or three. Yeah, I think he's a guarantee to get in the top three. What did you say the second was? Uh, Gordy Howe's at 801, so he's he's 220 behind him. So if he, you know, if he plays seven, you know, the rest of this year and then six more years, I mean, thirty goals uh, a year in the rest of this year almost gets you there. Assuming he falls off a bit, so if he can post another like fifty goal a year. He wouldn't even have to average 30 goals until he's 38 to get there. I think it's doable. I think it's a, I think he's a lock to get at least number three on the list. Mm-hmm. I If he gets to number two, I'll be very... I'll be... I mean, I'm obviously impressed if he gets to number three on the all-time goal list in right. NHL history, but that would be pretty remarkable because everyone talks about how... He is getting up there in age, and hit the way he plays the game is much more physical, and it wears on the body a little bit more. But he's he doesn't miss games either, right? Which is also very impressive. Yeah. So back to the original point. Yeah, I mean, Vegas, Washington, Vegas, definitely has to be in consideration. And uh, you know, part of the Blues' problem is since the Schwartz injury, so that happened against Detroit, so. Against, they beat Buffalo in overtime. Uh, they get beat by Tampa. They get beat by the Ducks, and they finally got out the uh, split up back-to-back with the Jets and then lost at Calgary last night. So it's not like they've had any, an easy schedule. But I agree that it knocks them down a bit. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's Winnipeg. I, I watched both those games against the Blues this weekend, and if it wasn't for Carter Hutton hosting a 48-save shutout, they would have gotten destroyed in both games. I think they had 93 shots between the two games. And then they come right back and play at Nashville and win 6-4 to four in a game that was incredibly exciting. But you know, they're just taking it to teams up and down. And that's without Big Buff, too, down, up and down the lineup. I mean, they're getting contributions from their guys in the third line, like Adam Lowry. And they're getting Tom Myers to play very well in – Big Buff's absence. Morrissey's been solid. I just think this team, the way Hellbuck's been playing and their defense is finally coming around. Troopers, you know, playing much better as we expected. I think I'd say it's them right now is the, the second best or the third best team in the league despite being third in the third in their division. And, you know, I mean, they're only a point behind Vegas and the Kings in uh, tie with Washington, but. I think the way they're playing right now, I'd go with Winnipeg. You there, Reed? Yeah, I can't really argue that at all. I think Winnipeg's been playing very well. As, and I think they are... This is When we t- uh, talked about Winnipeg before the season, we said there's a high volatility in projecting where they would end up. And... 
So I guess it almost leaves us with a ton of wiggle room. Like, yeah, we totally saw this coming. Yeah, we yeah, it's true. <laughs> we said they could finish second in the division or sixth. Uh, right now, I, it's looking like second or third. But I mean, there there's a lot of time. I don't completely trust them yet. But at the same time, I mean, they're another team, twelve three and one at home. They're really eight and eleven on the road, but they're they're getting by and. I mean, the, the division is just so brutal with Colorado being better than expected. I mean, right now, you're looking at five playoff teams. Dallas is tied for the last spot, and then Colorado is still almost a real 500. They're 16, 15, and 2. So there's just no jokes for any of these teams. The fact that, you know, Nashville and St. Louis and the Jets are really blitzing teams despite the schedule says quite a bit. It's kind of it's kind of like the Metro in that way too now, where the Metro's got five teams, and they actually have the next three teams that just missed, where the bottom five are all teams in the Atlantic. The the West is kind of shaping up that way too with uh, the Pacific, besides you know Calgary or San Jose, depending which one you want to look at. You know Calgary's technically in right now, but the Sharks got three games in hand. Uh, in the Ducks, you can kind of consider, but after that, I mean. Vancouver's falling off quick with with Horvat uh, out. Edmonton and Arizona are still a ways back. So you see in these one powerhouse division in each conference, and because of the playoff system, which we've ranted about for so long, it's going to really mess things up in the, in the first and second round of the playoffs. Yep. Yes, it will. Um, okay, so my... So I guess my question, um, speaking of playoffs, I think we both would have laughed at this question before the start of the season, but this team is 7-10-2 on the road, 10-5-1 at home. They have a minus 11 goal differential. They are currently two points out of the playoff spot after playing one more game than the wildcard teams. Are the Pittsburgh Penguins going to miss the playoffs this year? Oh, man. I, I'm i going to say no, but I think there's a better chance than most people would say. I mean, they are healthy for the most part now, too, so can't really use that as an excuse. But I just – I think – I mean, they obviously can't get the three spots in the Atlantic, which by, as every day goes by, it just looks like Tampa, Toronto, and Boston are in, and like they're not even going to have to sweat it. Uh, I think Washington and Columbus and the Rangers are clearly better right now. So it's do you think that they'll catch New Jersey or the Islanders? I mean, the way the Islanders are playing so wide open, it leaves them susceptible to just – Losing games that they probably shouldn't like. They got Brad. They gave up six to Detroit the other day. And Halak and Grice are so bad that I'm starting to be a little more worried about them, honestly. I know the top line is honestly the best line in hockey right now, and they're getting contributions from Barzil Ugly on the second line, uh, the occasional points from Nelson Hosang. But yeah, I think Pittsburgh, yeah, I mean, it seems crazy to say, but I think they're, they're firmly in play to miss. I mean, they've got a negative goal differential. Uh, they're fine at home. I mean, they're 10-5-1, but compared to some other teams, uh, they're not, like, 
roll, and they're not playing better right now. They're five and five in their last ten. They haven't put together a decent stretch, and one would assume, just based on their pass, that it's coming. But at the same time, not having Benino on the third line is that safety blanket has hurt them a decent amount behind the top two guys. Ben Malkin missed a little time, but you know he's always prone to missing extended periods with injuries. Traded for Jamie Alexiak. I mean, I don't think that's going to really do anything. Um, I mean, I would say they're probably, I don't know, 60%, but I, I don't feel great about it. Like, I would say the Rangers, Washington, Columbus, I'd put their chances at about 90% plus for all of them. Like, I would be really surprised. I know the Rangers' schedule has been very home-heavy, but they're playing very well. They're killing teams. I mean, their, their goal differential is actually the best in the division. So that means that leaves three spots in my mind, and I would say the Devils, Islanders, and Pittsburgh are the main competition. You know, if I give them, say, 60% each and, you know, you split the other 20% between Philly and uh, Carolina, I would say something along those lines. I mean, Philly's coming on too, and now they're – kind of interesting and part of it is they're just getting the overtime a lot <laughs> they've got seven overtime losses already and same with carolina so i think pittsburgh is better than both of those teams but at the same time they haven't distanced themselves and you know carolina it's just a matter of getting goaltending i mean what are your thoughts i, I would say it's probably they're probably about 60 percent to make it I, and i know that seems low and you know maybe based on their past pedigree you could say it's a little higher, but there's a lot of worries about this team right now. I'm actually worried about Pittsburgh. They're losing games like at Colorado. Like you can't be if you're Pittsburgh and you're trying to make that run for the playoffs, you can't be losing that game. Like that that's a game you have to win. Um again, we talked about negative eleven goal difference. I know they lost ten to one to Chicago at Chicago earlier in the year, so it kind of really like kills that goal differential. Still a negative goal differential, even if you just f- pretend that game didn't happen. Right. Um, I think the Islanders are going to be a little bit harder to catch. Uh, we talked about how the Rangers were very home heavy, and I cannot believe how home heavy their schedule started. Uh, what is that? Twenty-two games at home compared to twelve on the road. Right. That is. I don't actually think I've seen a home road split that like lopsided. Yeah, it's I don't very think I've. Rare. Um, but the Islanders have played fifteen at home, nineteen on the road. So, and we talked about how they're at home. They're ten three and two. Like they're really good at home. They should be able to rack up more points. Yeah, I mean, I think, just quick on the Rangers. I think the one good thing for them is it's, the the schedule worked out in a way where. They weren't playing that well earlier in the year, and they avoided having one of these long road stretches. Now that they're actually playing well, they get Zibinijad back. Uh, they're getting random contributions from you know, like Paul Carey and random fourth-line journeyman guys on top of... Dave, David DeHarnay yeah, throwing back his right. 2011 <laughs> yeah. throwback well, performances. At least that this impending road stretch is going to be, while they're playing better hockey... But yeah, sorry. Go back on, on the island. Okay, should okay should the Islanders trade for a goalie? I mean, if they could, I would do it in a heartbeat. Like both Polak and Grice. I mean, Grice has been one of the worst goalies. Period. 
uh, and Halak has actually had negative value on the season two from a player eater perspective. Yeah, I mean, you look at the bottom goalies. Niemi, he only played a couple games. Domingue, uh, Legacy for Vegas, Chad Johnson, and then Thomas Grice is next. And he's just been awful. I mean, like, and that's your starter. He's got a 383 goals against and an 883 save percentage. Like, I know the team's playing open, but that's just atrocious. And Halak, I mean, he's obviously not that bad, but. He's sitting at a 905 and a 297 goals against. So, you know, so neither of them are doing anything. Problem is, like, I don't know who they're going to be able to even acquire. They don't have the assets, I don't believe. Well, I don't even know, oh, no, they, I don't even know oh, about no. the assets. It's just like, what team, who's got a goalie that's even available that's an upgrade for sure? Like, if I was a team, I would be intrigued to trying to get Peter Mrazek as an upside play from Detroit because a couple of years ago, he was incredible, and then he he was rough. I mean, the team in front of him was brutal last year. But in 2015-16, he had a two or a 921 save percentage with a 233, and the year before, in 29 games, he had a 918 save percentage. He's a guy, he's looked rough, but... I don't know. I, I think he's a kind of upside play you'd have to take to gamble on because I just don't think there's like a clear cut starter available anywhere. Like, I I just don't see it. You might be able to get, I don't know, like a, <laughs> Anders Nielsen or uh, I, mean, I don't even know if you could get Craig Anderson, but at this point, Craig Anderson might just be washed up. I don't know. Like, the options are just so limited right now to find a goalie that. I don't know how easy it will be for them to get someone who's like clearly better than Grice or Halak, at least could be. Well, not to tilt you this um, beautiful Thursday morning, but if the Islanders started calling for Robin Leonard, which would which would also be a massive upgrade for the Islanders, and I think if they locked that in, I'd almost say yeah, they'll they'll be in the playoffs. Well, yeah, that would be um, a huge difference maker. Okay, what do you think they'd have to give up? I I don't know. I wouldn't do anything less than at least a first-round pick back. I, he's just so much better than people realize. And, like, again, last game, you know, the Sabres lose 3 nothing, and they think, oh, he probably didn't have a good game. Well, two were empty netters, and the other goal is an absolute snipe by DeBrus that popped the water bottle off. I mean, he started off the year horribly, and now he's, all of a sudden he's back up to a 914 save percentage. Since he's been a saver, he's at 920. I mean, the list of guys who are at a 920 since he's become a saver is just ridiculously small. I'm going to try to bring it up quick and not waste too much time on it. But if I was Jason Botterill, I, I wouldn't consider moving him, honestly. Like, there's a decent chance that he is your goalie of the future, but he's at least. Uh, Played well enough to the point that I want to find out more in trading him now doesn't really make too much sense to me. There's just so many other problems that I would look to to solve before dumping a goalie. But yeah, so I'm, since he's become a, a saver, the list of goalies who've played at least 100 games Holpe, Dubnik, Crawford, Bob, Gibson, Longo, Quick, Laner. If you go down to be a little bit more liberal on the starts, 
uh, Vasilevsky, Price, and Murray, but they're all at 920. I mean, Crawford's at 924. This is over the last three seasons. Holpe, Bob, 922, and Gibson, and then it's all these guys are at 920. Later's in this elite category. He, you might watch him and think he gives up the occasional soft goal, or at the end of the day, just how many goals do you give up? And he's been great, and there's no other way around it. He would be huge if the Sabres do move him, whoever gets him, whether it is the Islanders, uh, Carolina could desperately use a goalie. Uh, I'm trying to think. That might really be about it, but if, if one of those two teams did it, I think it would be enough to to give them a great chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess the third, I guess the second question that I have kind of rolls in when you were just talking about the Islanders. Um, the question was, well, the, well, the entire top line of the Islanders, so that would be John Tavares, Josh Bailey, and Anders Lee, mm-hmm. end the season in the top 30 in scoring, all three of them. Um, so I was going to say top 20, but that's like, I mean, I think, that would be tough. I think the only one who might not is Lee. Like, at this point, I'm not betting against Tavares or Bailey, because Bailey... It's just as many points as Tavares is. He's just piling up the assists. He's got 32 assists already. It's mind-blowing. Uh, the problem with Lee, he has 15 assists this year. And sure, you can say it's different. No, it's a better year for him. But you look at what he's done in the past, and he's never been uh, a big assist guy at all. He would be the only guy who's at risk. I mean, his career high in assists is 21 from two years ago. He had 18 last year. Something tells me he's going to pass that this yeah, year. Yeah, he might do it by the end of the month at this rate. But So he's the only one I think is in play to say he ends up still scoring 35 to 40 goals at this point. I mean, he's shooting 25%, which is obviously due to regress. But if he already has 21 in the bag, I mean, you got to assume he's going to score at least – 15 more in 48 games. So it's whether the assists come through. He's probably going to get to conservatively 65 points. Do you think 65 to 70 points is going to be enough to be top 30 in points? Is, is what we're coming down to. Uh, I would say odds are that all three of them do. But I would say Lee's the one that's, in, I mean, barring injury, of course, but Lee is the one that's a bit at risk, I guess. Yeah, that he also plays less minutes than the other guys too, but I mean not drastically. He's still playing over seventeen minutes a game, but I mean Tavares is over twenty, and Ben Bailey is at oh okay he's only at eighteen. Oh no, that was the last game. He's at, yeah he's a little over eighteen on the season, so it's not as drastic as I thought. But uh, I'll say they all do. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean Josh Bailey's. Obviously, the waiver wire pickup of the year. It's not particularly close. I mean, I, we've had other guys, you know, two years ago, Kyle Palmieri was the main guy. He scored 30 goals completely out of nowhere. Yeah, last year was Jonathan Marsha show. Right. We've never seen the guy put up over a point per game that was not drafted in really any tour or anywhere. Yeah, like we weren't even considering no, Anders Lee at all. Oh no, I'm talking about Bailey. I mean, I had oh, Anders yeah. Lee ranked 
in the top 100. Mostly, really? Mostly, yeah, because, I mean, the Pally Minutes with it, too. Uh, I'll check now where I had him at. So I, I was a big fan of Lee. It was just Bailey. Everyone thought Everly was going to play on that spot. And, you know, honestly, Everly even did for a while, and Bailey was still producing on the second line, and they, and they flipped him, and he just rolled. Um, trying to see quick where the hell I had Lee ranked, but I know it was <laughs> not good podcasting looking, but uh, I had him 80th overall. Uh, let's see. My only concern is he shot 18% last year, but apparently that's not a fluke because he's doing it again. Uh, it could bring his goals down to the 25 to 30 range, but assuming he sticks with Tavares, uh, and he's incredibly safe and could be a plus in all categories but assists. But <laughs> obviously this year the assists are are coming through. So I mean, good for good for the Islanders uh, to finally have a true first line of guys around Tavares. I mean, the last time they had a first line that dominated was a couple years ago, and that was Wilson Ocposo. Tavares and you know Molson was scoring 30 goals and Ocposo was around 60 points. Now these guys are blowing that out of the water. Uh, so my next question: What goalie do you think? You know, I'm going to list you a bunch of guys who are outside of the, we'll say the top 24 in the player radar for goalies that you think could have a big second half. Uh, 24 because in 12 team, you know, everyone's got their top two. So we're looking at uh, Ben Bishop is currently 27th. Uh, Matt Murray is 31. You know, you could say the injuries played a part in that, sure, at least for the wins, but he is a negative on goals against and save percentage on the year so far. Uh, can't tell if it's buried here. Uh, if you think Halak could turn it around at all. Uh, Carey Price is still very negative in both goals against and save percentage. Uh, those are the main guys I'm looking at. I mean, there is Robin Lehner, if you, you know, Scott Darling, too, if you think there's any chance. Uh, those are the guys who stood out to me. Do you like any of them more than others as a potential viable candidate? So I guess it almost relates to the first question I had about whether Pittsburgh misses the playoffs. Mm-hmm excuse me, the misses the playoffs or not, where if Pittsburgh makes the playoffs, they're going to have to go on a run. Matt Murray will be leading that run, and he'll probably be putting up good numbers doing so. But I'm not entirely sold on that idea. Right. And I think Ben Bishop might be the better option. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's like, it's another one. They've played, 15, uh, Dallas has played 15 at home. And 20 on the road. And Ben Bishop's, if you take the splits between his home uh, numbers and his road record, and his road numbers, his home numbers are amazing. His road numbers are ugly. Yeah, I'll bring them up now, but you're definitely right. The last time I looked, they were really lopsided. Yeah, so, like, he should... I'd almost go Ben Bishop there. I'm not sold on Montreal, so for Carey Price, I'm going to hold off. Um, that'll be a case where he plays really well. Like, he keeps them in games and wins them a bunch of games. Right. But it's because they're giving up, like, 38 shots, and he's given up, like, four goals, but he's making, like, 34, like, miraculous saves. Yeah, to, so... 
to keep them with like within reason in the game because the defense is just so bad in Montreal now with Shea Weber out. I guess we should have brought that up. Shea Weber's out. He apparently he's been injured since the first game of the season against Buffalo. And yeah, only eight years left on that deal. Only eight years left on that um, deal. Yeah, so Bishop, 14 games at home, 9-3-1, and 2-18, and 9-25 save percentage. On the road, 4-6-1, and 3-40, 8-89. So even if you could try to get him, it was, even if you just played him in only his road start, or only his home starts, and played him in the best matchups only on the road, I think he would, he'd probably be my pick too, honestly. Uh, I just think Pittsburgh's starting to pay defensively for just – their core is not that good. And like I said, you lose Benino, so he's, he was like the third-line guy that gave him some balance. Now they're more top-heavy. And sure, they'll probably run the big guns out there more down the stretch. But, yeah, I, I think the team is just weaker than uh, we're used to. Uh, what's next? Anything? Um. Hold on, I'm looking through because I thought I had something. I thought I had something. Uh, do I have it? Do I have it? No. Wait, where'd it go? Son of a bitch, I had it too. <laughs> God, that's so frustrating when that happens. Um. Okay, here's a hot take. Is uh, Vincent Trocek a better fantasy player than Alex Barkov for Florida? Yes, I'm. I'm all in on Trocheck. I was last year, and he didn't take the next step that I that I thought he was going to. But I mean, Trocheck's at a point per game. The power minutes are great. He's well over three shots per game. He, the lowest amount of minutes he's played in the last ten is 19:36. He's just been a monster, and without having line mates, I mean, we've talked about him a fair amount. For DFS is a one-off option because you don't have to take him with his wingers. He can still have a big game. And his ownership is always extremely low. And Barkov is not going to give you the penalty minutes or quite the shot rate. The Trocheck is, and the points are going to be comparable. I mean, said Trocheck's at a point per game right now. So yeah, I, I wouldn't even think twice about it at least for the rest of this season. Now Barkov still incredibly young. Not like Trocheck's old either, but uh, I mean. Florida's at the point where you know, they're having a tough year, but they have the hard parts done. I mean, you have your top two centers. You have uh, an elite winger in, in Uberto, so supplements them with Dadnoff. Owen Tippett will be on the way soon, and they're going to get a top pick. It's not like some of these other teams, you know, Edmonton, they have so many holes outside of the top guy. You have Pooja Jarvis starting to come on. There are other teams who have a lot of holes, you know, the Sabres still need a number one D, but they have Michael at least. Florida is in this in a similar spot to Buffalo. I mean, Barkov's not long-term. I don't think he's quite on Michael's level, but you have your top two guys. Ekblad is back on track. They have the hard parts done. It's just filling out the team around them. Maybe for the long term, it's best for them that they aren't doing that well this year. I don't know. Okay, and then... Um... Yeah, I think that was it in terms of questions that I had. Or uh, does Brock Besser finish in the top 50 this year yeah, in points? Yeah, it's crazy. I thought he was going to be out for the year, the way they were talking about his injury. Then he ended up not really missing any time at all. I mean, he's at a point per game right now. 
18 goals and 14 assists. I mean, sure, he's shooting over 20%, but I mean, you look at the point distribution, and he's got 15 on the power play. He's just killing it there, and that's going to boost your shooting percentage when you're shooting great shots for the most part on the power play. I would be surprised if he didn't. I think the Calder race, Keller slowing down, really brings us down to him and Sergeyev at the moment. Uh, I mean, I would still go with Besser myself. Yeah, I I actually don't think it's that. I don't actually think it's that close anymore. I mean, Sergeyev's doing really well, too. 23 points, uh, plus 12. Boy, he's only playing 15 minutes a game. Besser's actually playing more minutes than him, despite being a defenseman. It's just like the perfect situation for a young defenseman to succeed uh, the way they're using him in Tampa, which is great. He's doing it, and I love Sergeyev long-term. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think it is Besser right now for the caller, and I don't I don't think it's particularly close either. Uh, I guess back to, I mean, we've talked a decent amount about the playoff picture, but on the teams that are out right now, would you say over, under, I'll, I'll, I'm going to put the number low, one and a half teams so that are, aren't in the playoffs right now that are going to make it. Because, like I said, the Atlantic, to me, it's done. Those three teams are getting in. I don't see many teams that are going to be at a risk of falling out. I mean, usually, I think the stat was at the new year. On average, there's three teams that are outside of the playoffs that end up getting in. And I don't know if I can find three right now. I'm going to tell you right now, I have... So, I have Dallas right now, but... Because I think they will eventually get in. I think Minnesota is hurting a lot, mm-hmm. and something I just have this bad feeling about Minnesota this year. And Chicago, it like again, if Crawford somehow misses some games, like that team's toast. But or if he just falls back a little bit, I mean, yeah, nine thirty-five. It's unbelievable. How well that too, that too. Like all it takes is one San Jose win, and then this whole thing gets reshuffled. But. Like, in the Atlantic, it comes down to, like, so if we assume that Dallas is going to get in, okay, so we need to find one other team to get over the one and a half. It comes down to, do you think Pittsburgh is getting in the playoffs? Is essentially the question you're going to ask is, can Pittsburgh make up six points and two more games that they played to get ahead of New Jersey? Or, well, I mean, or two Sharks. points. You have the Sharks, too. I mean, we're... Well, I guess you can consider. I mean, I'll, I just don't I, think. I, the I would, sh- let's say that they're in right now, and Calgary's not, honestly, because I mean, one point with three games in hand, it's almost impossible for the for them to not do it. I think. Okay, so I think Calgary's still going to get in. Um. Okay. This is just. Yeah, this is weird. Also, Calgary is a really weird team. They're nine and ten at home, but then nine, four, and three on the road. Like they play better on the road. I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, I've I been, don't. I've been watching all the games because of my bet, and it's kind of bizarre. Like they they won two to one yesterday. Played very well. Just absolutely blitz Vancouver. Uh, they ended up losing to Nashville uh, two to nothing the other day. They hit four posts in that game. And then, you know, the Sharks game, they end up losing. They gave up a goal with you know, under three minutes left. 
I feel like they're getting right there. And I was going to ask Mick if you had any guys, uh, breakout candidates, potentially for the second half. And I think Jankowski and Bennett both are in play to break out. I've been very impressed with that third line. Jankowski's actually, they put him on the point of the first power play unit yesterday. Uh, and I think that's for the best because I think TJ Brody's just not that good on the power play to be blunt. I'm with you. I think they're playing very well, and they've actually been a bit unlucky. Smith is starting to get back on track, and the, the young kid uh, playing backup, uh, Ritlich, much better than Andy Lack was doing. Yeah. Did you see what his like pregame tradition is, by the way? No, I did so not. He used to play in the Czech League, and I guess at one point someone in warm-ups hit him in the, hit him in the head twice with the puck. And now, before every game, he wants to get hit in the head with the puck twice. That's fucked up, man. And he's like, like, he's like, someone tried to, and, and he hit him in the shoulder. He's like, no, it doesn't count. We got to keep keep going. And yeah, David Riddish. I'm just like, the most random story out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, because I read an article in the Calgary Sun. It was like, what's the title? Wacky, wacky morning ritual seems to be working for David Riddish. So every time in the pregame skate, uh, yeah, I guess down in Stockton at the end of the morning skate, for some reason the guy shot two pucks hit him in the head and he got a shutout. So now he keeps doing it. It's just, oh my god! <laughs> it's so weird. Weird. Uh, I, I'm very impressed with uh, Jankowski and Bennett, and I think that would go a long way because you gotta stop wasting time with like Tro- Troy Brower on the power play and everything. Yeah, that I can get behind that. Their team was one that really did make one trade to add, and I think it is a forward spot because I don't. I think they'll be fine. I think Hamonic starting to come into his own a little bit. Obviously, the top pair is great, and Stone and Kulak haven't been bad either on the third pair. So I, I, I'm with you. I think I think Coward will get in. Uh, I, I don't know at who's. Expense. I, I kind of like the Sharks team more than most, I think, just because, you know, they've kind of transformed themselves to this, like, defensive team, but their defensive team is really shutting people down. And now Brent Burns is starting to get hot, as, you know, we expected for a while, but uh, he's got five multi-point games in his last six, so we're starting to see him get going. I, I think the Sharks are going to get in. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think I would pick Minnesota to miss. I don't feel great about that. Dunick's about to be back. Man, the, the, it's all about the West. I mean, like you said, maybe one team switches in the East, but I don't, I don't see it being more than that. I mean, I guess there's some slim chance, like, New Jersey and the Islanders both slip up. Like, I don't know. I just don't see it. I, I think the West is far more interesting than the East at this point. Yeah, the East is pretty locked in. I mean, we talked about it before the year how the Atlantic Division was terrible, right. was and two, you look. Yeah, it was two teams. Uh, almost, you know, it's gone exactly how we expected. Really, Tampa was a clear one. Toronto was a two. Uh, the difference is being Boston has emerged as the third team, and honestly, I mean, they're they're four points back at Toronto, but they have four games in hand. So, I mean, they can pass them. They're right there, but. Montreal is nine points behind Toronto and five behind Boston. Boston's got games in hand. Like it's pretty close to being done. Like I, I can see it February coming around and Boston or Toronto, whoever's in third, is ten points clear of fourth place and just over. 
Yeah, I think it'll be over similar to that. I mean, you look at it, it is absolutely amazing to see an entire, like, outside of the three teams that are in the playoffs, the in, the rest of the division are the last five spots in the conference. Yeah, that's like, Montre- like Buffalo, Ottawa, Florida, Detroit, Montreal. Those are the bottom five teams in the East. Those are the bottom five teams in the Atlantic. Like, that we talked about that division was going to be bad. I think a lot of it for me was I was expecting Buffalo to like be able to score at all, and clearly that was a mistake on my part. Um, I, I was kind of I was personally a little higher on Florida too, and that just hasn't happened because partially the goaltending is bad, partially just they aren't that good. <laughs> Yeah, they have depth issues. Yeah, for sure. sure. Um, okay, I think it's. Are we doing a three point challenge here? Yeah, let's do it for Thursday's games. Woohoo! Um, let's see, we got a decent. Yeah, we got a decent slate here. So, uh, Winnipeg, Boston. Uh, hard to really say what to make of this game. I mean, the way Winnipeg's playing, you can see them uh, trying to open it up. But Boston's at home. They, I assume they're going to match up Bergeron. With Shifley's line, so that might open things up a bit for Line and Ehlers. Um, probably the most interesting game uh, at seven o'clock. Uh, it's either that or Columbus Pittsburgh. Uh, I find them pretty interesting. And Pittsburgh's a fairly big favorite in this game. I know they're at home, but uh, I'm liking this Columbus team a decent amount. Um, New Jersey and the Rangers. I, it's so hard to say between what, what how these two teams are going to play. Some some games it's a tighter game with the Devils, and you know they're kind of shy. Other games it's wide open. Uh, the way Lundqvist and Shutter are playing, I wouldn't really look to use anybody there personally. Uh, Anaheim and the Islanders, pretty interesting game. Uh, the Ducks are playing a little bit better, but it's also a fluke game. They got eight overtime losses. Oh, this, is, this is kind of a big game for both teams. I mean, the Ducks are falling back a decent amount because, you know, Chicago won five in a row. Flames are playing a little better. Wild playing a little bit better. Now, they're getting healthy, but they got to put some wins together if they want a chance. And obviously, you know, you can't take the top guys for the Islanders anyway. So, um, still a decent spot for Barzil, I think. Uh, Oh, it's not a bad play spot for Ducks guys either just because Halak or Grice is going to be in and neither of them are any good. Uh, you got to expect Tampa Bay to just run over Ottawa at this point. Uh, Carolina, Nashville. Got to like Nashville, but I think Carolina will make it at least a game unless the goaltending is just so bad. Uh, Chicago-Dallas, probably the game I'm most interested to watch tonight. Uh, you know, both teams are right on the fringe of the playoff picture. They always play exciting games too. Pretty sure this game is on. No, it's not on national TV. I take that back. A little surprised, but uh, Edmonton, St. Louis. You, you gotta like St. Louis guys, but you know you're talking about the way St. Louis is playing. Edmonton's actually minus one forty tonight against the Blues. So that, that kind of tells you what the Blues are, you know, how they're playing lately. But at the same time, I think that might be a bit of an overreaction. How they're playing, I don't mind actually betting on the Blues tonight at that price. Uh, San Jose, Vancouver. Vancouver's not playing at all. The Sharks, or the Sharks are. The Burns is coming on. They're at home. I would expect that to be a fairly easy game. Probably, 
I'd say probably like a three-one type of game. And then Colorado and the Kings is interesting because you know, the Kings are playing very well, but Colorado has a lot of speed that could be a problem for them. I think I could see a lot of people gravitating towards like Quick and or Kemper, whoever's in that from DFS. I don't personally agree with that. I think it could be a game where Colorado's shot total is limited, which isn't really what you're looking for in DFS either. And I can see McKinnon being a real problem. Like, I don't know is amazing. But they have a decent amount of guys on this team now who can just use their speed. I mean, they made Pittsburgh look slow the other day. And so uh, I, I'm, in, I'm interested to see that game a decent amount. Anything stand out to you? Um, so I think with Columbus and Pittsburgh, Columbus did just play last night, probably explaining why – Pittsburgh would be a favorite in this one. I guess that makes sense, yeah. Um, Carolina, Nashville. Nashville just lost. Was it last night? I think it was last night. No, two nights ago. They just. This could be an angry game. They lost at home to Winnipeg, so they might be pissed off and they're playing a Carolina team that's just. The goaltending is so bad. Like, I cannot get over how bad the goaltending is in Carolina. Um, I think Tampa's going to destroy Ottawa. It's going to be not pretty. St. Louis-Edmonton, I think it'll be low scoring, and I'm not interested in that game at all. Um, I'm still not spending the money on McDavid because I think he'll cost too much. Uh... Vancouver, San Jose, no thank you. Any Pretty much any game with San Jose, I don't want any like daily fantasy mm-hmm. looks with because it's just going to be so low scoring. Yeah, I mean, Burns is always in play, but that's really about it. I mean, you could go with, with Couture Hurt. I'd almost rather go dirt cheap and hope to God like Timo Meyer or Donskoy have a good game than spending up on Pavelski at this point because he's yeah. not doing much. Um. And then I think the game of the night in terms of like entertainment will probably be Chicago at Dallas. Uh, I love Dallas in this spot tonight. Uh, I love Dallas in this spot. So, um, do you want me to give the rundown of the top ten in scoring? Yeah, if you want. I mean, I have it up too. Okay. Well, there's tw- there's actually twelve. Um, it's uh, Kucherov, Stamkos, Voracek, Bailey, Tavares, Wheeler, McDavid, Johnny Hockey, Claude Giroux, Nate McKinnon, Kopitar, and Braden Shen. So that does... Yeah, it's really... It's tough, man. Yeah. It's tough. Um, Yikes. (laughs) I'm, like, looking at this just like... Ooh. Uh, sneaky Brian Boyle has had a m- couple multi-point games lately for New Jersey, but I'm not that frisky. <laughs> this close to uh, the holidays. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Philip Forsberg, okay. but I don't feel great about it. Yeah. I just think like it's like that's probably a spot where it'll happen. And I would have loved I would have loved Kopitar if he was like one point lower. Because mm-hmm. at home against Colorado, I think the Kings will take care of business pretty handily. Right. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go with Malkin. 
feel like this game, this is, Columbus is all over the place right now. Bob isn't playing as well at the moment. Sure, he can get back on track at any time, but I don't, I don't really know how Columbus is going to try to match up with Pittsburgh. I think, I mean, obviously Crosby usually gets most of the attention. Like you said, they're on the back-to-back. Uh, I don't know. It's more of a gut feeling. And part of it is I just really don't like uh, the options today. Like, it's this is a tough slate of games. But uh, no, the minutes, like I said, are coming up for Milk, and they're putting Kessel back on his line today after they had him apart for a couple of games. Uh, I don't know. I, it's a, like, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm going to go partially on the betting line being so high. I think that Pittsburgh... Uh, has a solid game, and Malkin is the reason why. So I'll go with him for for three points. Uh, as always, hockey.resball.com. First post will be this podcast. Uh, get your picks in there. Uh, not sure if we'll have podcast next week or not yet, but uh, if not, then definitely in two weeks. Uh, any questions for fantasy hockey stuff you want us to talk about in the future? Post at hockey.resball.com. Let us know. You can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at resballviz. Read us at readcast with the K17. Uh, all that good stuff. A five star review at iTunes would help us a lot. Uh, so they could be my Christmas gift if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'd like to keep doing this for you, and a good review always helps. Anything else for you, Reed? No, just I uh, hope everyone has a very good holidays. Um, yeah, we'll be back. Well, we'll be back before the year's up. Yeah, probably. Probably we'll, we'll preview time. that. Yeah. We'll be able to preview that really exciting Ranger or Saber or Rangers at Sabers in New York City mm-hmm. outdoor Winter Classic. That will be surely like a two nothing game, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, for everyone to enjoy their holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, uh, enjoy it with your family and everyone, and hopefully you can take in some hockey. There's no games uh, from Sunday through Tuesday, so you know, take advantage of Saturday. Every team but one plays in Calgary, the only team who doesn't play. I'll stop my head. Uh, enjoy some hockey the next three days, uh, and you know, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Yep, take care, everyone.